Magnesium is integral for 600-plus biochemical processes in the human body, and yet most people are deficient. Common signs of magnesium deficiency include fatigue, muscle weakness, stunted growth, poor immune function, poor concentration and memory, hormonal imbalances, bone and teeth problems. Most people think grabbing a bottle of whatever cheap stuff on the shelf or at the top of Amazon will solve this. The common misconception is that consuming more magnesium will automatically improve health and well-being. The truth is there are various forms of magnesium, each of which is essential for a variety of physiological processes. Most people are deficient in all forms of magnesium, while even those considered healthy typically only ingest one or two kinds. Consuming all seven of magnesium's primary forms is the key to accessing all of its health benefits. That's why we pack seven forms of 450 milligrams of elemental magnesium into each serving of Wild Mag Complex. One dose a day is all you need. Learn more and grab a bottle today at wildfoods.co. Use code GENIUS for 10% off your order. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast, now part of the Finding Genius Foundation. My guest today is Luigi Gentile. Uh, he's the uh, Chief Revenue Officer at BenchSci, B-E-N-C-H-S-C-I, like Bench Science, BenchSci. So we're going to talk about their uh, patented machine learning technology that can read uh, millions of uh, data sources to create um, an amalgamation of that and show a picture or perhaps data visualization of what they see. I'll let Luigi describe that because he'll do it far better. So welcome, Luigi. Thank you. Thanks so much, Rich. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. If you would, tell me a bit about BenchSci and then uh, you know your position at it and you know the work that BenchSci does. Yeah, for sure. So uh, BenchSci is a machine learning company where we help uh, pharmaceutical companies and, and biotechs effectively understand evidence really well with you know a new degree of resolution to help design and execute more successful experiments and the company was founded i think around 2017 and and i joined in 2018 really to lead our commercial organization and and, and build it on how we're working with the biggest biopharma in the world and and yeah, we, we began the company really with a, a very specific use case, which was, you know, how do scientists find the right antibody for the experiment that they're working on? Because we trained the machine to understand how every antibody's ever been employed in, in any experiment and turned out that worked really well. That what does us... that mean? Yeah. So effectively, when you think about how a pharma, large pharmaceutical company operates, they have a portfolio of assets that they're that they're moving through a, a pipeline and it's very expensive very challenging r&d process where you know b- billions of dollars are, are spent every year kind of developing and testing and validating these assets eventually through clinical trial and before they get to clinical trial they have to go through lots of experiments preclinically 
and you know really understanding you know for every one of those experiments really what's the gene uh, that they're looking to understand its involvement in a disease and so they construct these experiments to understand that right what's its involvement with other proteins or pathways and to do that they need very specific products in those experiments that are specific to that gene the you know the sequence of protein that they're looking to interrogate and and understand and so the problem is there's millions and millions of of these kinds of products like antibodies or other reagents they're called like uh, proteins and RNAi cell lines a whole bunch of different tools that they can be using and it requires so much trial and error and it's really tough because you don't know exactly necessarily what's the right one to use in your experiment but we've looked at the history of the use of of these reagent products and got a unique view on which one's going to be the most appropriate one to test and validate. So with, with Benchside, what they discovered was they can end up testing one or two of them and avoid testing the 10 or 12 that aren't going to work. And uh, well, what does that mean? What are some of the parameters by which these things are chosen typically without help of Benchside? Yeah. So you know, traditionally, what scientists would typically do is they would look at, uh, you know, they use PubMed or or Google to search a bunch of papers that describe types of experiments that they're looking to replicate or, or do. And then once they have that, they'll go to different vendor catalogs that's, and see what, you know, the, the list of products potentially they could employ to to try to answer these questions. And unfortunately, that's really, really hard to do. And they, they spend months or even years kind of doing a lot of the trial and error around this to get the right signal and understand that, you know, if that's appropriate or not. Uh, so as a first kind of major application of AI in this space, we took a pretty unique approach to understand how every one of those products has ever been used. And so when they're looking to replicate an experiment or take the next step, we can show them the most appropriate cell lines or appropriate antibodies or reagents, et cetera, that have been shown to work best in the conditions that they're looking to investigate and design a more successful experiment. And that's worked really well across all of pharma for you know several years now. And, and that's led to the, the evolution of our AI and how we're helping them solve uh, bigger problems now as well. Well, what does that mean work well? What are some of the KPIs before and after that have changed? Yeah, I think, well, what's been unique is, you know, the, I guess, when we think about how pharma operates, and we got to, you know, we approach this prospectively by really, you know, for scientists looking to build an experiment, they come to bench sign, they find the right kind of reagent that the to put into it and it ends up working really well. And we validated this with, with their scientists because they were saying, well, you know, this was great. I'd spent, you know, six months or eight months trying to test all of these different products to get the right signal. And then I went to the application and it showed me, you know, what the needle and the stack of needles was that I should be using. And then they build that experiment and it gives them a definitive result to, to advance it. Do you have any, do you have any case studies of specifics? You know, oh yeah, like yeah, uh, absolutely, and and many many of them across uh, various pharma. We have we have thousands of scientists leveraging this application across you know sixteen of the the, the top twenty pharma and like forty five hundred academic centers all over the world and and 
lots of biotechs as well. And, and they're basically saying that is, is, you know, the, this challenge of finding the right reagent for their experiment was, was really tough. And now they have, you know, a tool that they go to right away. And that basically changes the odds more in their favor. So they have the right way to get the the right signal in, in that experiment with, with these tool compounds. The problem is when you think about pharma as an organization, even understanding the volume of those products that they're they're purchasing is is really hard because they're they're buying you know millions and millions worth of of these products every year to to advance their work. So one of the first questions they asked us was, you know, could we run the algorithm backwards and help them even understand the volume products that they're 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 using in in these applications? And when we did that, we discovered something really really provocative because effectively we taught the machine to understand experiments. And so we could look at their procurement history and really understand experiments like an economic unit. And what we saw was three patterns of experimentation that emerged out of basically every pharma that, you know, the, and they fall into these three categories of fail fast experiments where they try something once. And if it hits the right signal, great, they continue working on it. But if it doesn't, they abandon it and never look at it again. Uh, the second pattern is we call them kind of shotgun experiments where they're very confident in the target that they're, you know, they're, they're trying to interrogate and they'll try many, many different types of experiments to get the right signal uh, to understand what, what it needs to do. And then the third one is uh, where they, it's, it's basically repetitive experiments where they're completely committed to this target and will repeat the same experiment over and over again, uh, either because it's giving them the right result or most often than not, not, not a clear enough result. And so when we looked at this, we, Magnesium is integral for 600-plus biochemical processes in the human body, and yet most people are deficient. Common signs of magnesium deficiency include fatigue, muscle weakness, stunted growth, poor immune function, poor concentration in memory, hormonal imbalances, bone and teeth problems. Most people think grabbing a bottle of whatever cheap stuff on the shelf or at the top of Amazon will solve this. The common misconception is that consuming more magnesium will automatically improve health and well-being. The truth is, there are various forms of magnesium, each of which is essential for a variety of physiological processes. Most people are deficient in all forms of magnesium, while even those considered healthy typically only ingest one or two kinds. Consuming all seven of magnesium's primary forms is the key to accessing all of its health benefits. That's why we pack seven forms of 450 milligrams of elemental magnesium into each serving of Wild Mag Complex. One dose a day is all you need. Learn more and grab a bottle today at wildfoods.co. Use code GENIUS for 10% off your order. Start to understand a pharma's portfolio in a, in a new way. And that helped us really not just measure the impact that we were having across across these organizations, which is in you know millions per year of of cost efficiencies, but more importantly, what the scientists were saying was advancing their their programs by months and even more. And so with that, you know we we got lots of amazing examples from you know great scientists that have been leveraging AI in in 
a very pragmatic way to solve a very ubiquitous problem that they're all having. And that really allowed us to expand the application of this AI, you know, to the next more exciting steps, which, uh, which were even bigger challenges that, that they're facing. All right, so are you guys supplying the reagents or are you just acting as, again, the tool that selects them with no preferred vendors? It's that we're, we're not providing reagents. In fact, we're, we're just helping them find the right information that, that they can leverage and, and, and use the most, most appropriate one. So in fact, like we, we're not monetizing based on what they, they procure, uh, which you know, lots of other solutions do. Uh, we're, we're pretty agnostic to that. And in fact, we, we want them to do more with less and not have to go through much trial and error. Uh, so we're aligned with just basically ensuring that they're finding the right insight and getting the right reagent if it comes from a vendor, if it comes from their internal teams that make them themselves, or if they have it in a fridge somewhere in their organization, they can leverage it and, and replicate that experiment or not even have to you know, do that experiment again if they've already done it. And so that's, you know, that, that's why we're a very different kind of uh, company as a, as a SaaS offering, uh, you know, software as a, as, a, as a service offering where they can, you know, come to the application at any time and, and ask it these kinds of questions and they'll give it an answer without, uh, you know, uh, without any kind of per click or, or per product uh, remuneration around this stuff. What about building a database of existing reagents and who has them maybe to encourage sharing or you know, to reduce the, uh, the time to order? Yeah. So it's, you know, effectively we've understood how over 70 million of all of these reagents have, ever been employed in in research history and and with that you know curated all the specifications on where they're most likely to work and and also unlikely to work and with that you know we've we've helped uh, certain vendors even clean and, and curate their catalogs but most importantly help those scientists have a clear picture of of what they can pick to you know to, to put in their to put in their experiment and and then have the picture of what they've employed internally uh, to to help those decisions. So are are things from preferred vendors? Are things in inventory? You know, do they have appropriate licenses to use? You know, some cell lines or other things that are are, are more controlled from a regulatory standpoint. Uh, you know, based on their geography or use case. So we've we provide them with that information. So they're you know, we're streamlining the workflow, but you know, most importantly finding the right work to do and and it began with reagents right because you can imagine picking a reagent's a really important aspect of their research uh, but it's that's not the whole part of their research because you can find the perfectly right reagent for the perfectly wrong experiment on the perfectly wrong gene or program and that's really where we expanded the technology now to to help them with those next questions of what's the best program or project that they should select based on you know this understanding of biology that that we've we've assembled and then how do you design well, the best experiment to test and validate those you know you're giving them experimental design suggestions or just reagent suggestions or now with experimental design and beyond so it, it goes well you know we've we've taken steps beyond the selection of reagents. Effectively, what we've done is we've trained the machine to understand every experiment that we can find that's been you know, published or you know, exists in patents or in their own internal research history and broke down exactly what was the gene being interrogated, what was the structure of that experiment, and what were the materials and methods and tools and techniques that were 
employed? And then what were the results? What was found in that experiment? And then, you know, with kind of the uniqueness of our AI, we're able to capture every one of those insights for every one of those experiments. And basically we connected them into the first kind of addressable map of biology that you can really interrogate and navigate through. So you're you're able to pick better projects based on the feasibility, the biology underneath them, and and then test and validate those with significantly less you know trial and error and experimentation than uh, than normally you know they they'd have to do. Do you just give one suggestion, or do you give a backup if the first one doesn't work? No, so it you know really what we're we've built a bunch of applications on top of the AI to answer lots of these types of questions. You know, the first one's kind of like, uh, we call it Navigator, which is similar to kind of a Google Maps idea, you know, because we've effectively connected all of this evidence from every experiment that we could find. Now they can see what the likely connections of this protein to this protein, to this pathway, to this disease could be, and all of the evidence that supports that. And then that helps them not just understand what the underlying biology could be, but even potentially what the mechanism of action of that gene or or a therapy could be. And then they're like, okay, that's a great hypothesis. How do you test that? That requires a series of experiments that, you know, we, you know, we're helping them identify. So there's a lot less trial and error. And each one of those is, is really set up to give a definitive result. Right? Because that's the thing with science, right? Like, uh, and with most things, right? The best answer is always yes. The second best answer is always no. And the worst answer is a slow maybe. And unfortunately, those slow maybes are a consequence of lots of trial and error and, and uh, testing because you're not sure you know, how this fits into all the evidence. But if you have a picture of all of that evidence first, then it creates a, you know, a much more empowered scientist to, to find the right path through that evidence you know, on, on how they can uh, deliver an asset to, you know, to better treat a disease. Would it be a conflict for you guys to use your own software to open up your own lab and find the holes in the current experimentation and then try things that, you know, again, there's an existing hole. All this experimentation has been done for a certain drug, let's say, but not X, Y, or Z, and then you go do that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really great question. And many, uh, you know, there, I think there are lots of, different companies that are employing uh, AI to to do that kind of work them, themselves and and become their own biotech or, or pharma. I think we're taking a different approach because kind of the goal of our company is really how do we help you know, more medicine get to to patients as as effectively and and quickly and successfully as possible. And to do that, you know, we realize that uh, to have the biggest impact, we want to help as many organizations as possible with this uh, versus just kind of focusing on one or two, you know, programs ourselves. And so that's why we've, we built this kind of massive map of biology to, to empower, you know, thousands and thousands of scientists to bring a lot more medicine at scale to patients and, and hopefully kind of change the, uh, the really challenging you know, shape of, of the funnel that they're, they're all dealing with. So you know, our, our primary approach is how do we catalyze as many programs as possible with as many of the leading pharma and, and biotechs as possible to, to leverage this technology uh, successfully uh, to, to have the maximum impact. 
and that's you know very different than us kind of operating as as a pharma ourselves because you know as you would imagine that also can create you know a bit of a, a, yeah, it could be a conflict of interest yeah, and a total conflict of interest as well right which is which is why we took this other you know very different approach and you know we're probably one of the best examples of how you can actually democratize ai across thousands of scientists across many many organizations to have a much broader impact but if there's a push to get a result let's say for uh you know a terrible condition that you know people need solved i mean do you, do you have customers that ask you all right where's the hole can you do an analysis on um, you know drugs to treat uh, parkinson's show us where the hole is where we can go experiment and save a lot of time yeah, absolutely. And and those and many other kinds of questions like that. It's part of the challenge of of doing this work is just how complex biology is and really how nebulous our understanding is of actually the mechanism of action of of disease. So there's lots of examples and we've been doing you know pharma and science has been doing amazing work looking at uh, patients that have various diseases and what are their genetics say that might be unique about them well that's good because it gives you a clue on you know potentially these genes are involved but then how could they be involved is a really tough question and a lot more complicated than you know it, than, than you might imagine, mostly because really, you know, a lot of more prevalent diseases are, are not monogenic. They're not just controlled by one gene. It's, it's many cases, it's multiple things that are, are going awry or, or operating in a slightly different way with multiple pathways and multiple genes that lead eventually to the presentation of, of that disease. And so, you know, it, it's, it's really hard to, get a full picture of of all of that biology just by reading you know papers or looking at your internal results um, effectively what we've done is saying well if we looked at all of that evidence all at once and a scientist can then click through what the the likely path is through through this forest where you know we're changing the odds for them right it's kind of navigating now with the gps as opposed to you know, just wayfinding their way through you know, potentially quite treacherous, uh, you know, forest. Is that a novel reagent or enzyme or, you know, something like that? Could your system suggest that, that it should have these functional groups, that it should maybe have this structure? Is there a, um, you know, like a stereochemistry component to your AI? Yeah, for our approach is really, you know, primarily looking at this broad picture of biology first. Because as I said, like the same way you could pick the right reagent for the perfectly wrong experiment, you can, you can be designing you know, molecules or approaches to target something, but you know, the cascade of events that might happen afterwards is usually very, very complicated. And so to help kind of demystify that approach, really it's, it's understanding, okay, well, here's the biology that you would then target. And then, you know, here's the cascade of, of things that are going to go the way you're looking and potentially the balance of other mechanisms that, that might limit the efficacy or safety of those things. And with that full picture, then they're able to effectively, you know, design better strategies to, 
to deliver that payload and and change you know, the the interaction of those those proteins and pathways to you know, to better address the disease. The and effectively, pharma is pretty great at designing chemistry and, and and composition of matter to address those things. And, and, and there are other kind of AI solutions that look at small molecule design and, and other things that that can be very specific. And that's really good. So, but there was this void really in how do you, even if you have those assets, how do you best deliver them to address the, the mechanisms of action of that disease? And that's really the focus of where we're trying to help these organizations with uh, Ascend, this new version of the AI that we've launched this year. Okay. Well, very good. Uh, where can people go to keep tabs on the, uh, you know, on the software and the improvements that are becoming out? Know, over this year and next year yeah people can go to uh, benchside.com and see and learn more about how ascend works and and you know really what we've we've done and the magnitude of what we've done with this this ai and 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 also what's what's different about this this technology you know traditionally most of the approaches in in this field that have tried to decode vast amounts of information have, have relied very heavily on text. Uh, so effectively what scientists have, have written and we got really good at understanding what, you know, what scientists wrote about. The problem is that's also can be very subjective because scientists can be writing things and they often do like this suggests this might have an effect an impact on or an effect on you know this pathway but that may be an interpretation and often is an interpretation of actually what's in the core evidence so what we did very differently was we trained the machine first to use vision ml or okay yeah um so for people that want to follow up and see where all this is going and avail themselves of the software and updates and new stuff coming where can they go yeah they can go to benchside.com and uh, learn about ascend this this technology and also what was different about our approach, which was, you know, less reliant on uh, traditional uh, text, right. Or, or NLP, which is how many of organizations that have worked to understand mass volumes of data, you know, and, and really where we focused the send was really primarily looking at images, right. The, what, experiment actually happened how was it constructed and objectively giving them that that evidence that they could then interrogate so we 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 talk a bit of our technology and approach on that and again our our goal is to try to help as many organizations as possible advance as much medicine as possible so we're 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 happy to have those conversations and and share more about what we're doing and 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 see how we can help okay very good well luigi thank you so much for coming on the podcast i really appreciate it thanks so much rich yeah. Cheers. Magnesium is integral for 600 plus biochemical processes in the human body. And yet most people are deficient. Common signs of magnesium deficiency include fatigue, muscle weakness, stunted growth, poor immune function, poor concentration and memory, hormonal imbalances, bone and teeth problems. Most people think grabbing a bottle of whatever cheap stuff on the shelf or at the top of Amazon will solve this. The common misconception is that consuming more magnesium will automatically improve health and well-being. The truth is, there are various forms of magnesium, each of which is essential for a variety of physiological processes. Most people are deficient 
in all forms of magnesium, while even those considered healthy typically only ingest one or two kinds. Consuming all seven of magnesium's primary forms is the key to accessing all of its health benefits. That's why we pack seven forms of 450 milligrams of elemental magnesium into each serving of Wild Mag Complex. One dose a day is all you need. Learn more and grab a bottle today at wildfoods.co. Use code GENIUS for 10% off your order. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.